What's up, what's happening, and welcome to episode 16 of the Legs Feed the Wolves podcast, a Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, and we got to recap the last two games. It's had its ups, it's had its downs, we got to get right into it. The good, the bad, the spin zones, or whatever we're going to do to try and make this a positive time, but let's just... There's no point in waiting. Let's just get right into it. Number one pick in the 2020 NBA draft goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves. D'Angelo Russell is going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Spoke it into existence for years. I'm sitting in the house, I'm loading up the pump. I'm loading up the Uzi. Legs feed the wolf, boys. The legs feed the wolf. Today is Friday, January 29th. And the fun levels for the Timberwolves so far this week have not been very fun. Um, yeah, I know I talked about doing immediate recaps after those two Timberwolves games. Um, once again, I'm on the East Coast. Those games were played on the West Coast. So having those games start at 10 o'clock and ending at about midnight, maybe a little after midnight, I'm exhausted. I usually wake up at 6 a.m., take my puppy out that I just got, uh, hashtag humble brag, uh, but take her out early, and usually by 7 o'clock I'm leaving to go to work. So it would have been very tough, and I would have been running on very few hours of sleep, which I would have done gladly for the podcast, but I felt like it wouldn't have been as good of content, and I'm all about giving the people that listen to this podcast absolutely electric content. So, I'm just, there's no point. Let's just get right into the disaster of the last two Minnesota Timberwolves games. Last time we I talked, I did this podcast, I, I kind of vented. We I think it was a solid vent session to let some stuff out. But um, the vent session obviously didn't work. We let we let all our feelings out. We got all up in the feels about this team. But they traveled to Golden State. My expectations going into Golden State were very low. Very low. You know, Golden State has played great basketball after having a tough start to the season. And, you know, these last two games have just been very tough to watch. And... Ryan Saunders has continued to just mismanage and just so many things he's done wrong so far. I can go into a list of things, but just that that game game. Let's just we'll start at game one. You have I will never ever, and I don't want anyone in Timberwolves Nation ever criticizing. NBA star Malik Beasley. He has not missed a goddamn single game, and he has not taken a second off when he's on that court. Malik Beasley is going 150% every single time he steps on that court. I don't know if that goes the same for everyone else, but Malik Beasley, every time he steps on that court, is playing hard and is playing good, solid basketball. With D'Angelo Russell out for not just the first game, but the second game as well, 
you had to expect that the offense was going to kind of flow through Malik. And Malik stepped up. He stepped up, he played hard, and played well in both games. So I don't want any criticism of Malik Beasley. He played absolutely outstanding. He plays hard. He does everything the right way. I love what Malik has showed in those last two games. So I, I don't want to hear it. Actually, you know what? We are going to start get Malik Beasley into the NBA All-Star game. Because apparently they will be having an NBA All-Star game. All-Star voting is open. Let's get NBA star Malik Beasley into the All-Star game. That way we could prove that TMZ article was right. That Malik Beasley is a star. Let's get him into the All-Star game. That's our goal, Tim Rolls Nation. Get Malik Beasley into the All-Star game. That is our goal. But back to, we're going, we'll start with game one. Um, you know, Ricky, Ricky shockingly didn't play well in game one. Does that surprise anyone? No. Ricky's been terrible this whole, whole year. Jordan McLaughlin, Ricky in these two games was terrible. Point blank, Ricky hasn't done shit. Ricky's been a huge letdown. He's been super nostalgic. Oh man, Ricky's back. It's this, this, and that. Yeah, that is great. Ricky's a great human being. He's a great guy. He has sucked since the day he returned to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hasn't been as good. Hasn't, I don't think, lived up to the hype and the expectations that we all had. It's a fact. If you thought, if you expect Ricky Rubio to play the way he has played, I would be shocked because I even had higher expectations for Ricky. I thought he would have he would have played at the same level he was last year. He was getting good playing time in Phoenix. He was playing well. But he returns home and shit doesn't work out. That's just what happens. And that was that's what's frustrating. The other annoying thing is Jarrett Culver gets hurt in game one, misses the second game, and could be out longer. Which, when you're a depleted team, you already have no Cat. You already have no Hernan Gomez, both in COVID protocol. Uh, No one's sure when they will be coming back. All I can say is I hope they are back soon and they get healthy soon and they are able to come back and play basketball. At their highest capability. D'Lo. Who the fuck knows with D'Lo right now. I have a whole rant on that situation. Um, But yeah. Culver gets hurt. You just get put behind the eight ball. When you keep constantly having these injuries. You you know what. I was kind of going to hit it all game by game. I'm just going to. I'm just going to let go. I'm just going to. Hit, I wrote all these bullet points down after each game because that's what I like to do, write it all out, and then just go from there. But I think I just need to start. Just If I start talking about someone, I'm just going to start ranting about them. So first takeaway, Jordan McLaughlin, I would rather him start than Ricky Rubio right now. Jordan McLaughlin was passed on by 29 teams this offseason, and the Timberwolves even waited till late in the offseason to finally sign him. 
He has been better than Ricky Rubio. He has produced. He has scored. And he has barely played this year. Right now, I would start Jordan McLaughlin over Ricky Rubio. Oh, no, but you can't do that. You're paying Ricky Rubio all this money. Yeah, I get that. But Ricky isn't playing up to that money. And if you are a team that is playing to win, you have to play to win. You have to put the players out on the court that are going to play hard and try and win games. Not that Ricky's not trying to play hard. He's not playing well and shouldn't be getting the minutes that he deserves over a guy like McLaughlin who is playing well and is just better than him right now. That's just a fact. McLaughlin's been better than Ricky Rubio. Like, and it's a joke. The second the Timberwolves can trade Ricky Rubio, you trade him in a heartbeat. He hasn't lived up to the expectations. Get him the fuck out of here. My ideal team, find a sucker who might give you up a first round pick in this year's draft. That's what you gotta do. You gotta find someone who's stupid enough to maybe give you Ricky Rubio, give up a first round pick for Ricky Rubio to help a team compete in the playoffs and maybe win a title. It might be a late first rounder, but a first round pick in a draft that is arguably one of the deepest in a very, very long time, you gotta go for it. I have no worries. Give up Ricky. Give McLaughlin more playing time. He's earned it. And he's younger too. I know they're already a young team. Ricky's a great veteran presence. But when you're at the bottom of the West right now, and who knows? Maybe things will change when Cat comes back and Delo starts playing again. Maybe things change. But as of right now, Ricky is as good as gone in my book. See ya, Ricky. Good night. I have, I have a little issue with one other person that Timberwolves Nation has exploded over. Jalen McDaniels. Don't get me wrong. I think he's... A very solid player. I think he's got a lot of potential. But I feel like since his 12-point game against Orlando, which was his only game where he scored in double figures this year, and it was the first game that he got significant playing time in, I feel like after that game, everyone has just been ooing and aahing over how incredible Jalen McDaniels is. I feel like no one calls it as it is. Since that Orlando game, McDaniels has not been good at all. He's averaging 4.8 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, not bad. So he's pretty much 5 five points, 4 boards. So like the ability to get rebounds and give you a couple points off the bench, that's solid. But there are negatives. In that same stretch, he is shooting... from the field. That's not good. 25% from three-point range. That is even worse. Actually, no. 23.3 is worse than 25%. And then, on two-point shots, he's shooting 27.8%. And, he's shooting 28.6% from the foul line. The Timberwolves are already a terrible foul shooting team, and this guy 
is super inconsistent at just shooting the ball. Like, and we're talking about him like he's the next great superstar. Or this next great... I think he's a super raw player and could be something. But people are making him out to be the next, like, Michael Porter Jr. Like, all these raw... Like, he's in cheap man's Kevin Durant. Like, um... I don't know if at any point in his career, in either of those guys' careers, did they ever have a stretch where they shot 23.3% from the field. That's just my... I could be wrong, but I don't think either of them ever went through a stretch like that. And I think McDaniels is good. Not been too good in the last few games since that one good game against the Magic. We're just being honest. That's what I'm going to say. Nas Reed has also been fantastic. We'll go back to the positive right now. Nas Reed had a tough shooting night the first one, bounced back, played really well in the second game, and unfortunately fell and had a late injury in the game, in game two. It see, he seems optimistic in the post-game press conference. He seemed like he said he was fine and should be ready to go. Because if you lose fucking Nas Reed, then you're really in trouble. Because Cat, Hernan Gomez, both ruled out for tonight's game against the 76ers. I'm getting the vibe Culver's, I think, I don't know if Culver's 100% ruled out. He might be. With Culver questionable, D'Lo questionable. If you add Nas Reed to that as the fifth guy, maybe not playing tomorrow night, Jesus Christ. That will be miserable. I, like, no. That wouldn't, that just wouldn't be fun. Not at all. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to see that. So hopefully Nas is healthy and ready to go. Tonight against the 76ers or else it's going to be the Ed Davis show and Ed Davis can't get thrown out of games like he did last night or excuse me, Wednesday night against the Warriors. Now, um, let's get to the man who brought us a lot of pain and who for the next couple of weeks, we're going to hear that the Golden State Warriors won this trade. Andrew Wiggins played solid in game one, 23 points, three steals, three blocks. Started playing defense for them. I guess. I just, I I don't, like, I love Andrew Wiggins' person. I think he's a great guy. But, you know, it just didn't work out. He never lived up to the expectations that we had in Minnesota. You know, I like him as a person, and I think he's in a good situation in Golden State that makes his flaws less noticeable because he's in the right situation. It's good for him because he he deserves it. Someone that didn't live up to hype. But in the right situation, he has taken 
the role that they need him to play in Golden State, and he's been a solid number two scorer for them, or third option, someone like that. He's been solid for them. Um, so I'm happy for Wiggy, but it also sucks to see him playing well for another team when he couldn't do some of those things in Minnesota. Um, but the one player who was cooking people's asses out in Golden State was the number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards. I had an ultimate spin zone for game number one, and the spin zone is the Timberwolves may have lost that game, but Anthony Edwards in the cook-his-ass dunk was number one on SportsCenter. If, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Anthony Edwards threw down the meanest dunk on James Wiseman, and you could hear on the Timberwolves broadcast. I'm not, I believe it was Ed Davis who said it. And you could hear Ed Davis when when Edwards is going into the basket, you can hear him say, cook his ass. And then Edwards throws down an absolute poster of the number two pick and a man who said he didn't want to be in Minnesota at all and told them if they took him number one overall, he would be pissed. He refused to work out for this team. And what did the Ant-Man do? He absolutely ended his life. That is why you take Ant-Man number one overall. He put James Wiseman in a body bag in game number one and earned him the number one play on SportsCenter. That was my spin zone for game number one. And if you thought Anthony Edwards was done with cooking people's asses after one game... That dog is playing hard in game two. He puts up a career-high 25 points, including 15 of them in the first half. He played fantastic in game two. Did a great job of getting the basket, drawing fouls, getting to the foul line, and just playing well. But the man who is to blame For these two losses is the same guy I have blamed all year because he doesn't know how to coach. He doesn't know how to manage lineups. He doesn't know how to coach situational basketball. He is a moron. He is someone that I I legitimately don't think he has basketball IQ. And that is our head coach, Ryan Saunders. Okay. To start this all off, let me give you an Andrew Wiggins quote after game one. This is a quote that came out that was the wrong one. This is it. I have the right tweet right here. Andrew Wiggins after game number one. He said it's different in Golden State because everything is organized. First off, you read just that one section, everything is organized. So Golden State, you know they're winners. They're built different. Minnesota, he's pretty much saying Minnesota is kind of a shitstorm. Everything's all over the place. He continued to go on. 
He said there was a couple years like that in Minnesota, saying that it, where it was organized. That was with Coach Thibs. He was very organized, and Thibs was very clear. He was very straightforward. That's one thing they do here. So, if you want to take away anything from that is, Wiki pretty much said, Ryan Saunders has no fucking clue what he's doing. He has no structure. He's super unorganized. He's just almost rolling the ball out there and saying, Hey guys, go play. See if we can win. And I think fucking Wiggy's speaking the truth right here. He's just calling it as he sees it. Granted, Steve Kerr fucking blows Ryan Saunders out of the water. It is not even close. But just hearing Wiggy say, Oh boy, Golden State isn't even close. Like, Minnesota prides itself in trying to build something special. It prides itself in being organ... Like, they pride themselves in all these things. And Wiggy pretty much came out and said, yeah, my most organized time in Minnesota was with Tom Thibodeau, the man that you fired after a win to have be replaced by Ryan Saunders. And Ryan Saunders has a lower chance of winning a single NBA basketball game. He has a worse chance of winning a single NBA basketball game. Then Tom Brady has going to the Super Bowl. Half of Tom Brady's career, he's been in the Super Bowl. Ryan Saunders, he wins maybe 30% of his games. That's not fucking good. And there were multiple times where Saunders just, just blows my mind. Where he does stupid things that make no fucking sense. Absolutely, like... He just says things that are stupid too. He does things that are stupid as a coach. Stupid this, stupid that. You gotta figure it out. Like, it's unbelievable. There was a stretch where it was a one-point ball game. And Anthony Edwards was cooking. He had 15 points with 529 remaining in the second quarter. He had 15 points. It was a one-point game. Edwards had played 12 minutes and 34 seconds up to that point. Who gives a shit? If the man is cooking, you don't take him out. Keep him in there and try and get yourselves a win. I thought the Wednesday night game was a must-win situation for this team. They needed life, and a win over Golden State would have been huge. And it was a nationally televised game. Your only national TV game of the year. And what does Ryan do? He obviously said, you know what? Let's take Ann out and put in a group that can't score. And what does Golden State do? They go on a run and you try and put Anthony Edwards in to cut the deficit. And you just couldn't get back. You couldn't get back. Stupid coaching mistakes and rotational mistakes like that make you question if Ryan Saunders knows what he's doing. And to make matters worse, 
his blunders, his stupidity, like maybe he doesn't know how to do the rotations. He doesn't know this. He doesn't know that. He then goes in the postgame and says something that makes you just be like, how are you an NBA coach? So this is from Dane Moore, who tweeted, asked if there has been any update to Carl Anthony Towns and Juancho Hernan Gomez's timetable and the league's healthy and safety protocols. Ryan Saunders said that he is, quote, not aware of any update at the moment. Let me just, just digest that real quick. Uh, Ryan, one of those two people in COVID protocol is your best fucking player. He is your franchise piece. I want to know what's going on with him 24-7, 365. If you are not talking to Cat on the daily, I think you're a moron. I genuinely do. You should be texting, you should be checking in with him all the time to make sure he's doing okay. And occasionally checking on Hernan Gomez too. But the fact that you came out and said you have no idea what the timetable for them is. What the fuck are you doing, Ryan? Like, it's just so frustrating. How do you not know what the timetable for them is? I know Kat's timetable may be different from Hernan Gomez because of... The track record of Cat and his family's history with COVID, with unfortunately his mom and several family members of his passing away, maybe he takes a little longer to return, which is fine. And I don't blame him at all if he chose not to come back. Because Cat's been through some serious shit with COVID this year and getting diagnosed with it sucked. And sucked to hear from him. So you give him a break. Hernan Gomez, you should be able to have updates on the daily. You should be getting updates on the daily on when it's possible they could return. The fact that Ryan pretty much came out and said, I have no fucking idea, just, it just blows your mind. And it goes back to Wiggy's comment of how disorganized the team is. An organized coach would know when his players can return. Obviously, Ryan, with that statement, not very organized. No fucking idea what's going on. It, it just blows my mind. Now, there is one thing. Like, I, I don't know if... Here, let me get into this D'Lo saga. So, the Timberwolves win against the New Orleans Pelicans with no cat, no D'Lo. They win by 10. And then, and in that game, they gave D'Angelo Russell, they called it a scheduled day of rest. Scheduled day of rest. So, you think nothing's wrong with it. The next goddamn day, he shows up on the fucking injury report. Next day. And then he misses the next two games. You just beat the Pelicans. Uh, let's keep the fucking momentum going. And let's keep trying to play winning basketball. Nah, man. 
we gotta we gotta keep D'Lo out. Uh, I don't know if they figured this out, but let's not fucking tank. Tanking with this team would be stupid. It would be a blasphemy. It would it would be the dumbest thing I think this organization would ever do if they tried to tank this year. You have Cat, you have D'Lo, and you have Malik Beasley. You have those three guys, all young guys, who are, unfortunately, Cat and D'Lo haven't played as many games together this year. If Cat's healthy, the team's good. You should be trying to win every single night. You don't have Cat in the lineup to just stay afloat and stay in playoff contention. But when you just decide to just give D'Lo a couple days off... Just because you are fucking stupid. You are stupid. Play to win every single night. Have your best players that are able to play, play every single night. Play to win games. You don't play to be a team, like uh, a top three pick team, which... If the Timberwolves want to even keep their freaking pick in this draft, it has to land in the top three. And it's not even guaranteed. If they finish with the first, second, or third worst record, there's a very good chance that pick is not staying with them and it's going to Golden State. There is... If you finish with the first, second, or third worst record in the NBA, you all have the same percentage to stay in the top three, to get a top three pick. And that is a 40.1% chance of your pick remaining in the top three. That means there's a 59.9% chance your pick isn't in the top three. And if it's not in the top three... That pick is going to Golden State, and they're throwing a party there. You can't afford that. You need to play winning basketball. I mean, you might as well try and win games and see. Maybe you get lucky. Maybe the balls bounce your way. I don't want to see you just intentionally throwing games this year. I want this team to play to win every single night they step on the court. That is what we expected from the get-go. And right now, realistically, if they have a top three pick, I mean, Cade Cunningham is a generational player. I mean, he's a ball handler. D'Lo's a ball handler. That's kind of why we didn't draft LaMelo Ball. Granted, Cade Cunningham is way better player, in my opinion, than... LaMelo Ball is, I mean, you, you obviously can't take him. Jalen Suggs, hometown boy from Minnesota, same issue. Ball dominant point guard. So is D'Lo. So I feel like those two guys you're crossing off the board. The The guy who I think is legit, who I think will give Cade Cunningham a run for his money, is Evan Mobley. And out of USC. He's a big man who can play center. He can play the power forward position. And if the Timberwolves do get a top three pick and they keep it, I feel like regardless of if Evan Mobley is on the board, that is who you have to draft.
You can't draft another guard. You can't. Evan Mobley is the guy if you're taking a top three pick. But you don't want that top three pick. You want to make the playoffs and you want to play to win. Fuck it. If you decide, the only person you should be picking, if Mobley is off the board in that top three and you have the third pick and he's not there, trade it. Trade it for a superstar player. Package it to get Ben Simmons. Trade back to get more assets. Whatever you have to do, do something. Be smart. I am not counseling the season. We are not giving up yet. We need to see Cat in the lineup. And this organization can't give up on this team yet. You can't start just throwing games. You need to play hard every single night. And I'm not saying the players aren't playing hard every single night. It's just looking bad. This team needs to figure it out. And if it's a matter of going out and trying to make a move at the deadline, I will give up pieces for John Collins. I will give up pieces for Laurie Markkinen. Marvin Bagley's in the same boat. My The dream guy is Ben Simmons. I can't see that happening unless the 76ers are getting a player like a Bradley Beal. You know... Those four guys, if you can get one of those guys, it swings the momentum of this team astronomically. I know the vibes are over, vibes are very low right now. We are not consoling the season. We are going to continue to grind on. Continue to fight, continue to support this team. It is not over yet. We got to continue to keep the faith. Tomorrow, tonight, excuse me, could be a very painful night. Joel Embiid could co- could score 60 on us. Ben Simmons will very good chance he could have a triple double on us tonight. Who the fuck knows? We just got to keep the faith a little longer and hope Cat comes back soon and is healthy and ready to go and this team can turn it around and make that playoff run that we all kind of hoped and expected for at the beginning of the year. We just got to keep the faith. We just got to keep believing. Um, season's not consoled yet. Not yet, at least. But that will do it for this episode of Legs Feed the Wolves podcast. So again, thank you so much to everyone who listens and tunes in. I appreciate all the feedback. I love hearing from people on Twitter, TikTok, wherever it is. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm usually live tweeting the Timberwolves games. Um, my Twitter is at Bailey underscore K15. You can find me there on Twitter and reply to my tweets. Let me know what you think. Tell me what you think of the podcast, what you think I should do differently. And if you have any suggestions for different things I should do for the pod, I'm open. I'm trying to do anything. I want to do more. Um, you know, having the new puppy has been a big experience and has been, uh, you know, a learning experience. She is currently, is almost 11 o'clock here. She's probably been in bed for a good hour, maybe 40 minutes of me. The second I put her in bed and immediately came down, I was like, all right. Went up to my little studio, excuse me, went up to my little studio and just... Start getting after it. But, you know, we just got to keep the faith. We don't give up on this team yet. Season's not consoled. 
I will give it to if the team loses like seven of eight games when Cat comes back, then I will host an emergency podcast episode where I will officially console the season. But I don't think that's going to happen. I believe this team is going to turn it around. Maybe maybe they turn around if they get a new head coach. I'm just saying. We got to keep the faith. We got to keep it going. And most importantly, Roll Wolves. <laughs>